Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. And welcome, my name is Jamie Carney and that was, of course, David Bowie with Rebel Rebel, kicking off the show this afternoon. So, as you may or may not be aware, today is the first day of our annual summer broadcast week. Exciting stuff! 
the theme is access all areas. So this week we're doing a different theme each day. So Monday is home, Tuesday is music, we've got culture, community, youth. All of today's shows are on the theme of pride. In this show today I'll be speaking to Kate Hutchinson. Kate is the Regional Officer of Diversity Role Models, an LGBTQ plus charity which seeks to embed inclusion and empathy. They create safe spaces for young people and they run training sessions in schools, along with doing so much more fantastic work. Kate is going to be talking to me about some of the music she grew up with and some of the people that influenced her as she grew up in a world where there really wasn't a lot of public awareness or acceptance of transgender people. Hi, um, my name's Kate Hutchinson. Um, I do quite a lot of things, actually. I wear many hats. <laughs> um, in my normal day job, I work for a charity called Diversity Role Models, who are an LGBT charity who um, try and prevent homophobic, biphobic, transphobic bullying in schools. Um, apart from that, um, I'm heavily involved in LGBT History Month every year, the organisation called Schools Out who run that so every year every february during um, lgbt history month you can normally find me traveling around the uk talking about you know different parts of lgbt history and i'm a musician as well which ties into that quite a bit yes you play in a band don't you yeah i played in a number of bands actually um, what i think I'm, most have been in with four bands at the same time but that's a little bit too much <laughs> that is wearing several hats <laughs> i love it yeah so what i wanted to ask you about really was growing up and the music that kind of resonated with you we'll, we'll start off with i mean this is something i've pulled from that the talk you did uh, the blurring the lines talk you did you said you first saw Boy George on top of the pops when you were 11 and your parents said, is that a boy or a girl? Yeah. Um, oh, it was, what was it? November 1981, I think it was. I was sat there in the front room of my parents' house um, ready for Top of the Pops to come on. So Top of the Pops was like the music show of the day, BBC One. Yeah, and I, I just got to watch it this one night and the per- one of the people they were already booked to be on that show couldn't make it at the last minute had to cancel. So they had this new band called Culture Club on. And as soon as the lead singer, Boy George, came on that screen, my jaw hit the floor. Ladies and gentlemen, over there live, Culture Club. Thank you. Thank you. Here was a, a guy who was dressed and projecting his identity the way, you know, who he was in this really unique way. And a lot of people just couldn't figure out, couldn't label him. That was the thing, I think. Mm. Um, My parents, the first thing my parents said was, is that a boy or is that a girl? And then the next day in all the newspapers, every national newspaper had these, like, pictures in it somewhere of Boy George talking about that. Do you really want to make me cry? 
club do you really want to hurt me as witnessed by an 11 year old kate when she saw it on top of the pops so take me through the next few years uh, you said that you know you were 11 when you first saw boy george on top of the pops and then you know that's kind of going into your early teens and i mean that's a tough time for anyone uh, but maybe take me through those next few years in terms of things you saw that made you go wow or you know music that really stood out to you Right, so for me, I mean, this is, this is the thing, you know, I, I knew, I'm, I'm trans, I knew I was trans from about the age of five or six, you know, I figured that out pretty quick. George is not trans or, he's, he's a gay man, um, mm. but for me, it was somebody who was out there and wasn't afraid to be themselves, you know, they pushed their own image out there and it, there was no shame, no worry, you know, you saw him on that screen, he was really confident. So, you know, that type of music, to be honest, wasn't the core music of my teen years, I suppose. Um, I grew up in a in a house where my dad was really into a lot of American rock music, so I, I listened to a lot of that to begin with. But then, sort of as I moved on into the 80s, I was into, oh, they now call it hair metal. Hmm. So it was, um, it was a lot. Of, it was like a lighter version of heavy metal. But a lot of the folks in these bands, you see, the guys generally in these bands, hmm. um, all had big hair, skinny jeans, huge boots, but wore tons of makeup and looked really feminine. And their image was pretty much a complete opposite to the subject matter. The subject matter, a lot of the songs, the lyrics were incredibly problematic and misogynistic yeah. in lots of ways. <laughs> She's my What do you think of that as kind of a, as like a movement? Because as you said, it, it was guys dressed very feminine, kind of blurring those uh, gender and gender boundaries, that sort of thing. But as you also said, a lot of the lyrics were really misogynistic. It was really like a really sort of mask, you know, cis white men being very, you know, masculine sort of thing. Do you think it was maybe a bit of a wolf, wolf in sheep's clothing sort of thing or... In some cases, yeah, because it, it's known that there was a few people who were in some of those bands that were not always, you know, not always talking world famous bands, but there were a few sort of lead singers, a few members of some of those bands that I then found out later on in like transition. So right. I think, yeah, um, oh, Marcy Free out of a band called King Cobra, they're an American band of them better well known over in the, in the US than over here but 
Um, yeah, there are a couple of people, um, sort of minor US bands, where you heard of these people coming out way, way later, you know. More when I was digging up, you know, trying to find an album buying or something. It's like, oh, wow, really? <laughs> you know, we've always been there. It's just that thing of you try and sometimes if you can't be yourself, you try and find the, the most comfortable place <laughs> which is close enough and that you can sit. But yeah, going back to the lyrics, the lyrics are really troublesome and I listen to them out oh my god no. I really like the music still a lot of it but yeah those sort of lyrics and that could be that thing of digging yourself in deep so you, you're not going to be thought of as that you're not going to make a target of yourself and it's internalised it might be a lot of internalising things but the image it made me think whoa I know how I feel about myself right now I haven't got a handle on that anywhere. I don't know what I'm doing with this, but I like this music and I like that image. And that image is similar to how I could express my femininity without anyone realising the other thing. So, yeah, through the 80s, I was this sort of glam rock kid. And then there was one particular artist I heard, sort of, oh, mid-80s. And this was somebody called Jane County. I think she was still using... Um, the name Wayne County back then it was Wayne County and the Electric Chairs was the name of the band hmm. uh, they were formed sort of way back in the, well I think they were formed in the 70s but uh, Jane was originally part of the whole New York art Warhol scene you know um, she's been an actress in parts of that scene and knew a lot of the people sort of involved in that whole scene and she had this song called Man Enough to Be a Woman and it was a very in your face, this is who I am, I don't care what you think, this is my identity. And I found that incredibly empowering in a time when the only visibility I ever saw of trans people were newspaper reports and newspaper front page headlines, which were sensationalist, things like, you know, oh, sex swap, shocker and things like this. Mm. And yet here was somebody who was completely un unapologetic. I wanna know, 
Let's go back. Let's go back to Jane County. You'd said that she was a huge inspiration for you, and she came from the Warhol crowd. Of course, you had in that going. You know, going back a little bit, you had Bowie and you had Lou Reed. Take a walk on the wild side. Obviously, the lyrics are about a trans woman. Uh, was it Holly Woodnall? There's three trans women actually. Oh, is in that there? Song. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, oh, Holly Woodnall. Um, oh God, who else was there? Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA Plucked her eyebrows on the way Shaved her legs and then he was a she She says, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side Because Holly Woodlow, funnily enough, who's the first person who's mentioned in it, I think um, Actually, Jane County shared a flat with her at one point You know, um, so those two had that link um, But that song... I, I heard that recently somebody tried to make out that song was transphobic because of some of the language that was used and how it's used within it but to be honest that's the language that was used in the time when that was written you know a lot of terminology was not there at that point or different words were used hmm. and that song of course produced by David Bowie exactly yeah. um, and there is somebody who's who's blurred the lines and twisted boundaries and well you know, tore up the boundaries and threw them in the bin, basically, right through his career. And to be honest, if I was ever to mention one person or talk about one person who's the biggest influence on me in that way, it would be him. You know, absolute groundbreaking person as far as music, as image, as expression. I think Ashes to Ashes is probably one of my favourite Bowie songs. Do you have a favourite if you could pick? Um, yeah, probably Life on Mars. It's just I like seven. I really like seventies Bowie more than anything. But to be honest, I like him all the way through. It's a god awful small affair to the girl with the mousy hair, but her mummy is yelling no, and her daddy has told her to go, but her friend is nowhere to be seen. Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on Million hordes 
From Ibiza to the Norfolk Broads Blue Britannia is out of bounds To my mother, my dog and clowns But the film is a sad thing for Cause I wrote it ten times or more It's about to be written again As I ask you to focus on sailors Fighting in the dance hall Oh man, look at those cavemen go It's a freaky show Take a look at the So let's talk some more people that influenced you. Uh, you said Susie Quattro was a big influence on you as well. Made you want to pick up the bass? Oh, massively. Because, I mean, you know, a lot of what I, things I've talked about in the past as far as music and expression, I've spoken a lot about how these guys, like so people like Bo George and, and Bowie were pushing it. But there's a lot of women out there who were also pushing against what was expected of them by by the industry, you know, a lot of um, a lot of the music industry at those times, 60s, 70s, 80s, they expected female stars to fit into a certain box, and people like Susie Quattro didn't really do that. You know, she was there in a pair of you know leather trousers or this leather catsuit with a backing band of guys quite often instead of like you know the other way round. She was the one in control and she was singing songs that were very empowered songs. You know. She was talking about her, you know, her life or this, that, and the other. It wasn't really about pining in a way about, you know, boyfriends or something like that. You know, which a lot of a lot of the music industry wanted those sort of love songs. They really liked categorising put people into boxes, and she wasn't that. And another one who wasn't like that was Joan Jett and the band The Runaways, which she came from originally. Um, were there any other? Uh, women of that era or or later who inspired you a lot oh tons lots and like I said I was really into rock music and things mm. like that but I'm thinking about as far as um, women who push gender expression and you know an image right out there so there was Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics and I'm talking about another music video I remember is a Sweet Dreams video for the Eurythmics where you saw her there with this really sharp, short haircut, wearing the, a really amazingly sharp suit, and she just looked so powerful, so strong, so confident in this video. And everybody just looked at the video and was like, whoa, look at her. Sweet dreams are made. People would say, wow, she looks really weird. And I'm like, no, she looks amazing. Look at this confident woman who's just, you know, she's just, she's looking the way she wants. She's not caving into, you know, what a lot of times the industry was expecting of, of people. We also had Grace Jones as well. Grace Jones, you know, and the person who <laughs> never, never sat into any box of that where anybody um, expected us to be. And you said as well in that uh, in the talk you did, you said if it wasn't for music, I don't think I'd have had the strength to tackle transition. Was it just a culminate? A culminate? Is that the right word? Culminative? Culminatory? I don't think they're words. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> was it just? Yeah. Was it just all of that experience with otherness in music that that gave uh, you that courage? I think it gave me an attitude, <laughs> if anything. Um, like I said, it was a musician. I like that sort of music, and that got me into wanting to learn to play. So, you know, like Susie rocked a bass like you wouldn't believe, and 
you know, I saw her and it's like, wow, I want a bass guitar, you know. Um, so it was, you know, people like her seeing that so I got into bands. And then you get on stage with bands and yeah, you get hostile. <laughs> you, get, you know, even in, in a small pub, you'll get pubs where nobody will laugh you or whatever. Um, you get people who are going to be vocal about what they think about your music. And she's probably developed this sort of attitude of, well, I love what I do. You ain't going to stop me from doing that. <laughs> you know, I go stick to my guns because I do this because I like it, not really because of what anyone else thinks of it. And that sort of attitude probably is the attitude that got me through transition in the in the end. That it's me that it really matters to the most. Mm. If anyone else wants to put any, oh, I don't think you should be doing this. Well, it's not your life. It's my life. You know. Um, to be honest, part of transition, it is selfish, but it's a self selfishness in you've got to look after your own health, your own well-being. So, 100%. You know, that's that's something you've got to do just to get by. Because you know, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here right now. I really wouldn't. Music gets me through. Music's music's an amazing force. You know, it picks us up when we're low. It raises us up when we're high. It, you know, puts a smile on, on on our faces. You know, um, it can comfort us in the dark times. It's a great thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and you said when you transitioned, you were worried about your current bandmates not accepting you. You told a little story about quitting the band. Oh yeah. Um, so the band I was in, um, I'm still going around now. Um, they're basically a biker rock band that played a lot of festival uh, bike rallies every single year through the summer that type of band and I loved playing with them but they fit a certain stereotype so you know it was like the beards and beer bellies I always say <laughs> ACDC covers lots of stuff like that loved that type of stuff to play it was good fun it was easy to play in a lot of cases it was you know it was a good laugh but then I realised occasionally I'd hear you know, um, casual homophobia on stage from, you know, folks in the band. And that sends signals to me that, you know what, I'm probably not going to be accepted here. So at the time, it was a big, you know, I, I thought, I got to the point in my life, I thought, yeah, I'm going to transition. There's no way I, I can move on anywhere unless I tackle this now. And, you know, at the point I thought, well, I love my music. What am I going to do? And I just thought, I'm going to have to quit it. I, I, possible, possible that I can come back at some point, you know, do get back into music in some way. So I just thought, I'm quitting. And I made up an excuse. I lied to the guys, really. I, I just said, oh, I've got some, because I set up a business at the time. And I, I basically said, I've got to concentrate on my business. And I quit. I walked away. I disappeared a bit. Um, then about, three four months later you know i was starting to tell people walked away from that band and one of the guys who was associated with that band he'd been in them in the past he sent me a message through uh, on facebook he'd found my new facebook profile this kate and i got this message through and it said you look like a really good friend of mine except you look a lot happier than they did and that was absolutely lovely you know <laughs> that's so, so lovely yeah, I, and I realised, so maybe I've, you know, I've made a bad prejudgment here. Maybe I've, you know, I should, should have done something. But it's hard at times when you're at that point. Yeah. Um, it turned out most of, the, most of the guys in that band were pretty supportive. There was probably one of them who struggled with it, let's say, you know. But overall, you know, I'm still friends, friends with them, so, you know, it's, it's no problem. Yeah, yeah. So how, how how long did it take you to get back to doing music? When when was the next band you were in after that? So, oh, the next band I was in after that was a band called Black Sunrise, I think, or, or it could have been the Singapore Slingbacks, two completely different bands. Uh, one thing I remember, I was in I was in town, I was in Wrexham one time, um, where I live, um, and I had a friend called me over and, and I went over to speak to her and she said, oh, you know, what are you doing? You're in a are you doing any music and I'm like oh, you know I'm not too sure I don't know whether I've got the confidence to get back into it and she's like 
don't be stupid. He said, you can do what you do. Come and play with us. We're looking for somebody, you know, at the moment. So it, as soon as she said that, I started to get afraid again. Thinking, oh, God, you know, I'm going to get back on stage. Am I going to get, you know, jeered? Am I going to get laughed at? You know, spat on. I, I started to make basically this whole list of what is. Um, but I thought, you know what? I can't let that rule me. So I said, okay, I'll come to practice. Let's see how it goes. So we did, and as soon as I'm, you know, I've got a bass on again, and we're playing music, and it's like, oh god, I miss this. I love this. Um, within a few months, we're we're playing gigs again, and you know, I remember the first gig. I was terrified. I was thinking, oh god, and you know, what are people going to do? Say, and no one cared. They were too busy enjoying their night out. You know, they just wanted to know about the music at the end of the night, and that was really, you know really good that just gave me that confidence that boost are there any uh, new new bands or kind of more modern bands um, who who you really enjoy listening to and who you think are kind of an important voice for maybe trans people or for uh, just queerness or otherness in general I know you'd mentioned um, uh, Anoni who transitioned and yeah. won a Brit as was it Best British Male and then Best British Female? Was nominated. For oh, the nominated. Yeah, I, I think, I, I'm not too sure actually. I think they, they won one of them, but I don't know about the other one. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, so there was, there was one person, but there's also um, type of music, I said, you know, rock is my big thing and, and punk and anything like that. But against me, um, Laura Jane Grace has come out in, in that band. I mean, absolutely amazing. And, and she's putting songs out there that are about that as well, about transition. And she's not afraid to deal with that issue.
young angry trans punk bands as well and things like that and it's brilliant because I've seen that sort of energy and there are people who are not afraid to talk about their identity or those sort of things they're going through in that music uh, it's an incredibly cathartic thing to do as well to probably put it out there and you know scream out shout out those things that you know are the issues in your life um, but also just by doing that you have an influence on others and other people who are going through that see that hear that it, it lifts them up it makes them realize they're not alone Definitely. Uh, do you have any advice for, well, I was going to say a young person, but really anyone who is um, going through or thinking about going through transition? I know that's a big question. i tell you what, the most important thing I found in transition is friends, good friends. You might well lose friends. If you lose friends, they're not the friends that you thought they were. But through what I think I've been through, um, I found the friends I've got now are the best friends I've ever had in my life and the friends I've made through through the last few years, you know, I I value my friends. I would also say that value your friends as well. You know, show them how much, you know, them being there means to you too, because friends got me through, to be honest. Friends and music got me through. Find something you love and stick to it and do that. Um, another thing I found is, you know, to, the state of trans healthcare in the UK is awful, it's in a right mess. So I always threw myself into things, other things I love to keep my mind from dwelling on that, to you know, stop me from getting depressed constantly about it. You find something you love and throw yourself into doing that. Your life's not all about you being trans. You've got so much more towards to your life. Fantastic. Right, so what are a few what are a few tunes you'd like to pick for the show? You know what, asking asking a musician who really likes that music. <laughs> <laughs> um you probably end up with just nothing but Bowie songs to me, to be honest. <laughs> I mean that sounds good to me, but we do need a little bit of variety. <laughs> My music tastes are sort of right across the board to be honest. Yeah, yeah, same with me. Uh, the song called Born a Girl by the Manic Street Preachers, oh, uh, yes. which is a song I talk about in the talk. But again, it's the lyrics on that, even though you don't know who wrote that. Well, if the person who wrote that out of the band had any idea about sort of issues, but they nail a lot of trans stuff right in that song. You know, it's just the, I identified with the lyrics in that song so much. Do I look good for you to? Will you accuse me as I hide Behind these layers of disguise And the mirrors of my own happiness I've loved the freedom of being inside Need a new start and a different time Something grows in the space between me And this twisting and changing this fragile body Of my skin, 
Manic Street Preachers, Born a Girl. You got any more for us, Kate? Oh, Devil Gate Drive by Susie Quattro.
Heritage Boy by the Dresden Dolls, which is somebody called Amanda Palmer, mm-hmm. um, who's married to Neil Gaiman, the, the writer. Mm. Great song. It's not, not a super famous pop song or anything like that. Completely the opposite, but really, really good. Coin-operated boy sitting on the shelf. He is just a toy, but I turn him on and he comes to life. Automatic joy. That is why I want a coin-operated boy Made of plastic and elastic He is rugged and long-lasting Thank you so much for speaking to me and setting aside some time. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for asking me. So there we are. Thank you very much for listening to me today and a massive thank you to Kate Hutchinson for talking to me. To finish the show today, we've got a song by a friend of mine called Diane who makes music under the name Sofa King. This is Fighting Mongoose.
Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more.